Hello, and welcome back to the She Invest podcast uh, with your host. I am Allie Fugit. And I'm your host, Carrie Douglas. And we are She Invest. Uh, so today we thought that we'd come to you uh, live and ask uh, questions. We've got some questions that have been submitted to us uh, that we'd love to answer and also give you a quick update uh, on some things that we have going on. Uh, so yeah, so Carrie, you want to start us off with updates that you have on your current projects? Yeah, sure. So we are working on an SBA loan for our renovation, which is really super exciting. Um, I feel like we've kind of run the gamut of different options of raising capital. And uh, I'm really excited about this particular avenue. Um, originally, I thought it was going to be really difficult. And I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, but I definitely feel like it's the right path for me personally on this particular project. So that's really exciting. Um, that's kind of the big update right now. What about you? Uh, yeah, so we are moving along. The furniture has been delivered. And um, if you guys have ever set up a short-term rental, um, you guys know that boxes come in and it's just like your whole front porch, right? So imagine that times 40 and that's what my parking lot looks like, like daily as the shipments are coming in. Um, so furniture is coming in, painting will be done this week. All of our, um, plumbing and vanities and everything are installed. So electrical is finishing up, uh, tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, we are just, we're moving and grooving and, um, but of course that doesn't come without like the, the real update of, we are also, we still have funding open for our project. So, uh, the reality is, and like we have talked about and said before raising capital is extremely hard especially like when you're getting into this it is not like sunshine and rainbows and like carrie said like she's she's been through multiple avenues on trying to get like the right partnership and the right you know uh uh what what's the best way uh right the right the right partnership but the deal yeah the right structure of the deal. capital raise yeah yes um and that you feel confident with, and also again, like feeling confident with your investors, right? Um, and so for us, um, we jumped in, we knew we had a smoking deal. We were definitely able to convince like a ton of people up front that we had a smoking deal. But obviously, like it also comes down to the people that you're working with, if they have enough capital, right, to put into the deal. Um, and, and so that's the sums. And so ultimately, like, we still feel great about all the partnerships we have. We just have some funding left open. And so now we're getting to that point where there's still funding needed to finish the project. Um, and thankfully we have some people in the pipeline, but um, for those of you that may or may not have ever worked with investors, um, especially people that do kind of like the soft money lending where they're just t literally moving their money around to make that spread, right? Um, they are in a position where they're having to wait for money to come back in. So, uh, so which puts us on a standstill. So thankfully, again, we have enough like going right now where we have plenty of, um, items to be checked off the list during this waiting period. But yeah, that's just the reality of what we're going through right now that yeah. there's still money that we need. Uh, it's still coming in, uh, and we will definitely still finish this project semi on the right time basis, uh, even with our setbacks, but but yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other um, 
the other piece that I guess I can share is like, I'm exploring um, different revenue streams right now too. Um, we had a bunch of ideas of like, oh, in year two, maybe we could add, you know, this other revenue stream or that other revenue stream. And um, the, the lender was like, why don't you include those in your initial request now? And if we need to take them out, we can, you know, so I'm having to go a little further down the road um, with what, you know, I was, I was kind of compartmentalizing like, oh, we'll, we'll worry about those revenue streams later. And now I'm having to sort of explore those up front, which has been kind of fun. So that's cool. And if, if we can't do them right now, that's all right, but at least it's worth having the conversation about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say the last update that I have is we're also going through the hire, like starting that hiring process. And um, I had a little bit of this conversation last night, Carrie, with our accountability group. And I think like that's a whole new avenue for us. Like we've, of course, we've hired for our small entities that we have. But, um, you know, hiring on a larger scale for this hotel um, and really getting into the nitty gritty about what, who you want in a person, the expectations and like all of that. And so I think I was able to convince my husband to, I think we're going to use better talent and um, we're not sponsored. So we're just throwing, we're just name dropping better talent right now just because of the great service that they offer. But I think we're going to go for better talent. They hire hospitality um, industry workers uh, and they will help you through the whole process of um, figuring out who you need, making sure the right personality test meets that person that you're looking for, and then ultimately um, helping you get set up with all of the interviews and, and hiring process. So uh, I think that it's a who not how thing in that situation for me. Um, and so to take that off of my plate, um, I can see the real um, silver lining to that investment of allowing them to handle all of that aspect. So Yeah, and uh, you and I both saw a demonstration with them of how they actually work some of that process. And um, I was impressed. It was what I was yeah. looking for because coming from the real estate industry, um, there were systems around making the right hire with the right personality for the role that you're trying to hire. And, um, and so I was looking for something in this industry that, that, fit that bill that was like, we're not just going to hire the first warm body. We're not going to hire the person who's the most enthusiastic. Like we're actually going to make sure that this position is in alignment with where they want to go and their goals and with the way they're wired um, so that they're intrinsically motivated to do that particular job with, without it feeling like it drains them, right? It, it should bring them energy. Um, so that was a really, really nice, um, aha moment to find better talent. That was cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that that's what you hit on because the the personality and, and I guess I just never realized like it's always there, right? Even again, no matter what industry, they always have those requirements they're looking for. Like it That's their buy box for that position, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's a characteristic in that buy box. But for me, like I knew what I want in a person, but sometimes that can be they can present way different than what they actually are. And so I thought that it was just astonishing to see like how accurate their tests that they run on, yeah, uh, you know, all applicants. Assessment. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, just how accurate it was because uh, Carrie, I, myself, like everybody in our group that when we had this presentation from Better Talent, uh, we all took this test and it was like spot on for every person in that room. Um, I know for myself, for sure, um, I felt like it was a complete accurate description yeah, of I did the too. person that I am. I did too. And so. I felt like, I felt like it was very clear from that. Like, these are the roles in the business I should never be in. Um, and these are the roles I should be in, <laughs> in the business. Yeah. So finding I think that, I think that was the most, yeah, I think that was the most value that we got. At, like, of course, out of their presentation, um, their product is a complete value add. No, like hands down. But um, out of that entire presentation from him, the most value I got was exactly what you said, what I should be doing and what I should not be doing. Because what I should not be doing is, you know, I, I should not be the one that's, um, you know, trying to train all of these people because that's not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. I am definitely an integrator on things, but I am not a person that should be training someone on how to do things. So I, I need to find an expert in the fields that I need to do that. And so yeah. um, I, I love, that was the biggest value. And, and also as seeing my husband's too, cause we're business partners and just seeing like, okay, like are the roles that we are in that are, do they suit us properly for our personalities? And they did, they were spot on, which is why our partnership works. But also as we move forward and as our, as we expand, like, okay, now knowing that this is who you are, what should you be doing? What should I be doing? So, yeah, that's so good. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, um, Let's do some questions. I guess we'll, yeah, I guess we'll get into some questions. Uh, again, we've had some, some questions submitted, so we'll, we'll put them up on the screen. Um, I guess we'll just go down the list, Carrie. Yeah. Okay. So the first question up, um, how did you, get started in real estate and who influenced you? You want to go um, first? In real estate investing or in real estate on the whole? <laughs> I guess is the question. Um, I guess it's your pick. Yeah. Well, I got into being a realtor because I am wired like an entrepreneur and um, it felt it felt good to build my own thing. Um, and I've always just had an appreciation for real estate. I just love it. Uh, but to get into investing, I would say I was influenced probably most by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, definitely trying to share the idea of getting out of the rat race with my kids. Um, that's important to me. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of been baby stepping in that direction. Um, yeah, I'm playing Monopoly. Yeah. Um, so for us, the person that inspired me to get into real estate investing was um, my husband kind of led that train for us, but it was through long-term rentals. And then I was the one that pushed us down the short-term rental route where we are now, because it was just, that was the first time I had ever been excited about real estate. Um, so I would say it's like a dual side, but for him, for sure, Robert Kiyosaki was the one that pushed us that way, the exact same. Um, and then, of course, we started having conversations around like what our lives were like with our parents, what we wanted our children's lives to be, because at the time, our daughter was very young. Um, 
so what how did we want to shift that and what did we want that to look like and um so yeah so that's how how we we started down through this and ultimately like for the short-term rental thing i was influenced by mike Shogren and sdr secrets and his story um definitely resonated with me um of course i was not going through anything like that he was at the time for his story and that's his story to tell so if you don't know it go listen to sdr secrets and, and what his story is but um for me it was i was a high school teacher so i was just giving all to other people's children and not enough to my own and i wanted to change that yeah yeah and so. i think like the thing you touched on is like why did you pick this particular niche in real estate investing? I mean, there's so many facets to real estate, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what led me to pick short-term rentals was that I like things to look nice <laughs> and I have a tendency to over-improve a property. And so on a long-term rental, that's like a no-no, right? So mm -hmm. um, it works better in the short-term space because you can over-improve a little bit and that translates into you know, better revenue. Whereas with a long-term rental, it doesn't. So. Absolutely. And and you're just keeping it, uh, you're able to keep it that way for much longer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Versus. Um, but I think you touched on a key point about like giving time to other people's kids rather than your own. Um, this is me just bouncing back and forth today, I guess. <laughs> Bouncing all over. But, um, but I think, I think that's a similar, um, you know, piece for me, we've talked a little bit about how, like, you know, in, in building my real estate business, I, I traded one boss for 20. Right. And they mm -hmm. all have different expectations and I love them. Um, but I've gone through seasons where, you know, I lose a client because I'm in the emergency room with my child or whatever it might be. And it's just like, that can be really hard. It'd be really hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just like, finally removing yourself from those expectations of who someone else wants you to be. And right. I think that's the biggest drive for me. It's just, we want to work for ourselves. and I do co-host, but like, again, it's just about setting expectations. Right. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Our next question up, um, any books or podcasts that you would recommend for real estate investing, or I guess people wanting to get into real estate investing. I feel like, you know, there are all the, all the classics that people mention all the time, um, you know, rich dad, poor dad, et cetera. But I think one that people don't often mention that I really enjoyed was um, tax-free wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Um, mm. Just basically this principle that the tax code is a list of incentives um, that the government gives us to say, these are the things we don't feel like doing so if you do them we'll give you a break on your taxes like it has become an incentive system and so um just sort of figuring out what incentives i want to take advantage of um but but thinking of it that way right like i had never thought of it as a list of of incentives um and so it was a that was a really fun read um sort of nerdy uh easier to listen to oh. than it is to actually read so i did the audiobook but one of my favorites what about you um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go different too. Um, cause I want to just give people a different variety from probably what they're hearing. Um, book seller be sold, um, mm. was another one, um, that we enjoyed. Um, 
I think business minded and like, I think it just applies to real estate and everything else that you want. If you're just wanting to change your life in general, who, not how, um, I think was a good one. Just learning the power of delegation and like what, again, what we've already talked about, right? What, what your personality type and what you should be delegating to preserve your time. Mm -hmm. um, other ones I'm trying to think about what I've read recently too. Oh, um, the uh, millionaire habits have or habits habits of a millionaire. I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that was like extremely um, helpful at the beginning of my journey. Um, just like it's mindset shift and like the difference between how I was viewing what we were doing at the time versus how I am now and um, just switching that mind shift to a limitless potential. Um, I think those are really great for books, for podcasts. Um, it's called the coffee hour. Um, they have some really good information on there. Kyle and I like to listen to that. Um, I also like to listen, of course, like to my short-term real secrets podcast. That's just always, I can't veer from it. Um, and then I also like to listen to, um, for life in general and business. Uh, oh my goodness. I'm going to have to like pull his name up right now. Pull it up. I like, I, my, I forgot to answer the podcast portion. So I like bigger pockets yeah. a lot. For Ooh, big, yeah. Uh, Ed Milet is my, is my guy. Um, Ed Milet talked that he has just so many people on that just talk about like business mindset in general mm -hmm. and, and how, um, different aspects have changed the outlook and they, are, they talk about investing and their, um, their different niches as well, but just mindset in general. And I, cause I think like, and let me make this clear to our audience too. Uh, I know the question is definitely about investing. But I think the first part to down this journey is correcting your mindset. And if you're in the right frame of mindset, then the rest will come. But that's got to be like your number one. I don't know if you agree, Carrie, but like, I, do. I just feel like that's yeah. got to be the first thing. I would say I listen um, to more things about mindset. I mean, listening to the, to the stuff about, I listen to a lot of podcasts or I listen to audiobooks because I'm driving a lot. But when I when I listen to a book about investing, that's the mechanical side, right? Like, how do I do this effectively? But I think the more like being in the spirit of it side is the mindset piece. And so I would say I consume more of that content than I do the mechanical how, if that makes sense. So yeah, mm -hmm. for me, it's very much um, mindset based. Like I love um, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Um, I, I will occasionally like re-listen to, um, outwitting the devil or think and grow rich. So just like those particular, that, that mindset side of things, I think is so key. I agree with you. Yep. Um, I think my other one is if you're also like you're past the mindset portion, one guy that I like to listen to just like from the people he has on because he, they just talk about different types of strategies is wise advice. W E I S S wise advice. Um, it's from Yona Weiss and he just talks about like different tax methods and ways that you can save on um, investing depreciation and lending. And like, he's just amazing. And the people he has on are really good too. I should check that one out. I don't know that one yet. 
yeah, Yona Weiss, he's like, he's a genius when it comes to like, I don't want to say evading taxes, but for yeah. lack of better words, like, you no, know, no. <laughs> skirting around them. <laughs> Taking um, okay. tax advantage. There we go. Yes. There we go. Taking advantage. Um, so where and how are you finding your deals now? I guess like for us, like what advice could we give for them? Yeah, I feel like this is a better question for you. I am not in acquisition mode right now. Um, so I do not have a strategy at this moment in time for finding new deals. Um, once this renovation is further underway, then I will re-enter that. Um, but what about you? Yeah, um, so we are about to like re-hit that point in our, our journey um, where we are like laying down some new deals. So I guess I'll hit this from different aspects, just depending on where our listeners are coming from. Um, if you are going, if you're on a short-term rental side and you're wanting to find your first property to purchase, um, I would go ahead and decide, I would do your market research first and then decide what your buy box is going to be. And then my number one thing for finding that deal would be to take that box and present that to multiple real estate agents um, in the area that you're looking for and allow them to bring you off market deals. Um, especially right now, if you're a first time home buyer, you're gonna get a lot of different um, cool incentives for being a first time home buyer. And um, there's a lot of programs out there. So educate yourself on that. And then again, make sure that's listed in your box and talk to agents about that. Um, that's probably like my biggest key thing for anything is just know what you're going for, tell it to all the agents and no matter what no, commercial, your first deal, second deal, fifth deal, like hundredth deal. If you know what you're looking for and you can present that to multiple agents or your main agent can then take that and disperse it for you. Um, you'll be amazed at the deals that come across your table at that point, because a lot of agents are in a lot of brokers, um, for commercial have a stack on their desk, right? That aren't even listed that they'll be able to pull for you that are straight off market. Um, so I, I would say that's my biggest piece. If you're looking to like for growth in uh, co-hosting deals, um, my biggest thing that's worked, uh, there's a three facet I feel like to that social media, you gotta let people know what you're doing um, and you gotta be active in groups. Um, second thing, saying you got to get in with a good real estate agent or multiple real estate agents and let them know what you're doing and about you. And then third, um, if you are unable to afford something like Venturi that sources leads for you, um, then I would go and most counties and cities where you have to register for a short-term rental, uh, it's public record. So you can actually call and get the public record of every rental that's in that particular city or county. Um, and you can then filter off of your spreadsheet for what company they're rented by. So I would like probably go after Vacasa Evolves um, and maybe even some of the larger companies in that area to kind of start direct marketing to. So I would say those are my two things, um, two sides. Yeah, I like that. Good. All right. Uh, next one. How are you funding your deals in this market? Any tips on sourcing funding? Oh, yeah. 
we talked about this in the beginning and it's uh, we did. yeah like i said i feel like i've been like down the path of you know a lot of different options right now um i feel like i feel like there's so like every deal is going to be a little bit um different and and something that might work for one deal might not be what you want on the next one um so i would just ex i would just say to explore all the options um and i think like i'm i'm excited to do a dscr loan when the time when the time is right like i haven't yet but that's one that i would definitely be considering if i was buying like a single family str right now mm -hmm. because yeah, we were not considered like a legit asset class when I bought my first one. So we ended up doing a second home loan with 10% down. Um, but now that they have like this proven way to determine market rents, um, you know, from an underwriting standpoint, um, from on the lender's side, um, you know, they're, they're offering DSCR on short-term rental. I think that's a really viable option that I haven't been able to take advantage of yet. So I'd be looking into that. Yeah. Um, We've, we've done the DSCR and that was definitely beneficial for the point that we were in. Mm -hmm. um, that was when we bought the large cabin that we own and it's syndicated and it was through a DSCR loan. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the leverage that we had behind that was we were able to use other people um, on the loan with us. Um, mm -hmm. So that was, that was cool. Um, for me, um, Funding the deals right now, I talked about this in the beginning, it's hard. Um, I could say advice um, would be, and I think I have to talk to Carrie about this yesterday. It's not that like we wouldn't do it again. I think that maybe we just need more experience in the different avenues to decide what we like best. Um, we feel like one of the problems right now that we're having for our particular funding or our raise of money was that um, we tried to raise money for debt. So basically paying back a 15% return um, on their money. Uh, and that's been very hard and convincing because most people right now, just because of the way that the economy is and um, what these people need, they want equity. And so um, I think the next deal we do, we will probably definitely look at maybe just doing mainly equity uh, versus the debt. But so to say that, um, so far as funding our deals, we are still working with um, just regular investors. Um, and it's about being active on social media and letting people know. And also in like the communities that you're part of. So if you're not a part of like, communities where they're talking about raising money, communities where people are doing are in the same rooms uh, that you are in for your niche, then you need to go ahead and get in those rooms um, so that you can have those conversations. Because I will say that like half of the investors we have on our hotel come from our short-term rental mastermind, um, just from them knowing what we're doing and reaching out to us and they know the space, so they want to put money in the space. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, okay. Biggest lesson that you've learned investing. Mm. You want to go first? Mm. <laughs> um, ooh. Um, 
I'm going to take this back to what we talked about, about the houses that we had on the market. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say the biggest lesson that we've learned is, um, I don't think that, I don't think we're going to do hard money anymore. Mm. Um, because we just like, and maybe it just could be for this case, but right now we just got to, we have a bad taste in our mouth because the lesson that we learned with this was that they're, even though they're up front in the beginning about like wanting to work with you and this is a mutual agreement for them and this is, that works well for their partners and everything. Um, in the end, they are sharks and they're out to get you for every penny. So if you read their contract, they come after you for everything. And so, um, even though, again, like we talked about in previous episodes, you can go listen to the details on that. But um, we, even was, though they've... It was their mistake, but they want to save face. So they're still coming after you, even though they're the ones yes. who defaulted. Like, they defaulted on the contract. Yes, they did. And and we are currently, um, and again, Kyle spoke to this a little bit last night. We currently are um, in negotiations with a different... Um, party that is also going to help us go through um with filing a case against them um so we're we're working on that uh because we do have a case and and they've also seen this company do the same thing to somebody else mm. um so again it could just be the company but i just think that from what we know and from the network that we're able to build right now the biggest lesson that we've learned is hard money is not what we were led to believe it was cut out to be yeah um and also to we we need to do better about reading through the charges of the contracts um that's the biggest lesson for for that aspect for me um i would say that most recent and the most fresh lesson for me yeah um i think for me the biggest lesson um it's not necessarily like a like a mistake that taught me this, but just, I think being aware that investing is a crock pot, not a microwave. Right. So like when I, when I started looking at, you know, buying our first investment property, like what was it going to be? And we looked at some long-term rentals. I was like, it's only cash flowing like $500 a month. It's going to take a lot of these to do what I want to do, but it's not about like, like there are lots of people who are in this to leave a W-2 job in a very short period of time. And that's wonderful. But I think for me, the lesson was like, I need to be patient and like, mm -hmm. this is a long-term play. Um, if I acquire a property and the market changes and you know, it's not a good time to sell it and I'm going to hold it for 10 years. Like that needs to be okay. Um, if it's only cash flowing $500 a month when I buy it, that's okay. Because if I hold it for 20 years, that's like, there's going to be a, a good upside there. Like just some of those pieces of like, yes, there are ways to do this quickly, but I think me just like trying to think about this as a long-term plan was like an important an important lesson yeah I'm not that. We so it was really hard <laughs> yeah um we just had this discussion at uh our meetup with somebody about um 
this is going to be his first home that he's buying. He's worried about the cash flow not being there. He's worried about the cash on cash because of the rate that he's getting right now not being what he wants it. And so, like, having that exact conversation, Carrie, about, um, you know, like what you're trying to build and everything, that it still is cash flowing, that it's not um, – there's still opportunities to refinance and still hold longer. And like the longer you hold, the better your outcome is going to be. And so want to buy a deal that doesn't cash flow. Like do not do that. Yes. But if it's cash flowing and it's just like a long-term play, like a more of an equity play than a cash flow play that that is okay. Like that is the long-term wealth building strategy. Exactly. And that's what, that's what he was talking about. Like he wants this to be long-term. But he just, again, he's just so new uh, because he does well at his job. This is ultimately like a slow game for him to purchase and get out, get out of his job. But he's got to understand that um, exactly what you said. Like if you're looking at it long term, then it's the hold. It's the hold that gains you the, the equity and the big cash out, right? It's not the month to month. Yeah. That's building. So, um. Okay, name an important characteristic that you have had that you have that helped you become a successful investor. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay, I have ADHD. I would say that makes me a very successful entrepreneur. Um, I always, I, I mean, when you're a kid and you find out you have ADHD, you're thinking it's oh, I am at a disadvantage because I can't, like I have a difficult time doing the following things, right? And I didn't fit well into a classroom structure always, um, but I fit very well in the entrepreneurial world and um, definitely wired wired well for that. And, and they say that people with ADHD make the best entrepreneurs. Um, I'm willing to, to take risks and be brave and... Um, think outside the box, like creative problem solving. It's huge, huge in investing. So mm-hmm. um, being being persistent and um, like when I get an idea in my head and I get like fixated and hyper-focus on, like I will not rest until I have completed this. Um, that's like, I, I'm resilient and tenacious. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, you are. That explains you to a T. What about you? I would say um, from my personality test, um, I'm I'm adaptive, and I think that that is super a super important characteristic for me. Um, that I am able to uh, adapt and learn and push myself into to be the person that we need during that time. So. Um, I never really thought of myself that way until I got the personality test, but I definitely see that. Um, so basically I can like, I can be the person that needs to be stern for whatever conversations we're needing to have with attorneys or like in our situations, guests, vendors, whatever. But I can also be that person on the other side that, you know, um, needs to be the quiet, independent person that we need to get things done. So um, I would say that that's a big trait, especially with my husband being a um, maverick. Um, 
I'm able to kind of like step back and like separate the situations and adapt to be whatever is needed at that time. Um, yeah. For the, the other character. Stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the other characteristic for myself, um, I would say that, because uh, I'm definitely, my husband is the risk taker. Um, I've, I've adapted to be more of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. um, but oh my gosh, I just have one on the top of my head that I thought was like pretty good. I feel like you can be um, the voice of reason, oftentimes. Yes, which that's, is that, really that was where I was going. You yeah, have tiny object syndrome, right? We all need yes. something to help us not get distracted by shiny objects. Yes, I am, and I'm also like very goal oriented in that aspect. Same thing, like okay, like I know that that's very shiny and that looks cool. But does that align with like what we're doing right now? So um, I am constantly that person. I also think from my background, I am, I, I thrive through chaos and very much during our investor journey, there's a lot of chaos. So I, I am able to thrive in that chaos zone of everything we have going on and still being able to like push forward and be proactive and getting things done. Um, which is again, good because my husband does not thrive in chaos. Um, uh, it's that doesn't happen with him. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm able to like take in the chaos, separate what needs to happen and tackle things one at a time. And, and he is not, it's, he's very like one thing at a time focused. Yeah. Um, so uh, which, you know, like we've, we've had the discussion, I think you're a maverick too. So, mm -hmm. um, we've had a discussion even about your paperwork, right. For yes. your SBA loan, you're, you're like, yes, giving it to your husband and like, bring me one task at a time and yeah. I will, I will get it to you. Yeah. And, um, so that, yeah. that is the weakness that comes with, <laughs> with me is like, if, you know, they talk about like, Oh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like if I know there's an elephant, I'm running, right? So I'm like, don't mm -hmm. tell me how big it is. Just hand me one task to do and I will return that task completed. And then you can tell me what the next one is. I don't want to know how big the list is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like I can very much see it like in my husband when he's got like this big to do. Mm -hmm. and he's just like, I can't like, I can't focus. I can't answer your questions. I can't do anything else where I'm like, have a whole list and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. And like I can literally be doing like three things at one time with children running around and my assistant also needing help on doing a task. And so it's like, um, I think that we offset each other very well in that way. Yeah. I am that person for him, like, I need you to go do this one thing and then come back to me and then we can like discuss. What's yeah. Gonna happen. But, yeah. Um, okay. So I think we just have, uh, let's see. We have two, two questions left. So we'll, we'll, we'll get through these really quick. So what are your goals for this year? Just to renovate my hotel and get it opened. That's same, it. girl, same. Um, I would also, um, we have some other like internal goals, but big overarching goal is to identify our next property by the end of the year, um, preferably in a beach market. So if you got one, send it to me. Um, even if, uh, even if it's a resort like Stephanie Thorpe, I'm all for it. Um, I think there's a lot of possibilities out there. Those are. That'd be so cool. Are, are big. Oh, yeah. Um, I like, she's a rock star and she's definitely an influence right now for me. 
Um, what is your why? What keeps you going when times get tough? Oh, it should be tough, not touch. That's all right. Um, yeah. Let's see. What keeps me going? I think I, we were talking a little bit about this um, earlier. Like, I do have a high financial motivator. So it's like, if stuff gets tough and I don't keep going, it, like, how are we going to pay the bills? Right? Like, you gotta, you gotta do it. <laughs> so, um, I think that, I think that is huge for me is just like providing for my family. Like who else is going to do it? Right? Like I have to, I have to keep going. What about you? Yeah. Um, my overarching why, um, is just like ultimately to, yes, to provide for my family, but to provide a different, um, and I, I don't want to say quality of life, but, um, but for lack of better, but a different quality of life for our family than what, um, we had. And, um, and for that, um, I want to be able to show our daughter and our son that, um, Having a growth mindset um, is probably the biggest asset you can have in life um, and that it's not education that's going to get you there. It's not, um, you know, what your mom and dad put into you that's going to get you there, uh, because I think those were two things that we were brought up on education and like your family. It's But having the growth mindset is mm -hmm. the biggest thing that's going to push you farthest in life and that you can take that and apply it to anything and you can be successful. Yeah. And so um, that's my biggest why. I just want to continue to be a positive influence on my kids to show them how far growth mindset can take you. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I, that's all the questions uh, that we had on here today. So I appreciate everybody that sent us questions. Um, we'll do another one of these at another time. Uh but we will see you guys next week. Uh, we have a great interview coming up next week with an amazing investor, um, Beth Underhill. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if you haven't already, go follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, um, YouTube. And of course, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, go join our Facebook group and get involved in the community. Woohoo! Yep. Yeah. All right, Thank guys. You. We'll see you next week. Thanks Bye. for joining.